Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, John Opaluski. How are you today, John? Uh, Jim, I'm better because we spend about 10, 15 minutes talking before we start a Always. Isn't it funny how just finding somebody else who's going through the same thing you're going through, you know, what has God spoken to you? How did that encourage you? What's God speaking to me? It just fellowship is important. It's more than just a bunch of fellows in the same ship. You know what That's I mean? Right. There's, there's, yeah, there's a, a meaningful interaction when iron sharpens iron that, that is valuable to all of us. Isn't it? That's right. That's yeah. right. Absolutely. Speaking of fellowship, uh, boy, I'm excited about this episode 84. Yeah. I'm excited about the topic because I, I don't know if, if, our, if those who are watching and listening right now remember, but last February, I think it was, maybe it was early March, we were told that there's going to be a three-week shutdown. But then after that, We'll flatten the curve. After that, there'll be a vaccine. After that, we'll defeat it. And here we are, um, over a year later, it's still here. And, and depending on statistics and numbers and herd immunity and the latest science that contradicts the last science, I, are, we may be halfway through it. We might be 95% of the way through it. Nobody really knows. Right. And we're, we're stuck here kind of guessing. So that is causing COVID fatigue, you know, yes. to, a, to an extreme uh, and I'm so glad that you're going to be dealing with that today because our hearts, uh, I've dealt with more discouraged pastors in the last, you know, three weeks than I have in this entire event leading up to it. So what do you got for us today? So, you know, Jim, I think by now, most of us thought we would be on the other side of the pandemic, right? I, that we would be just, uh, you know, back to growing, back to visioning, yeah. uh, releasing, discipling. And, and, you know, over the past few weeks, um, I, I, um, I sense some fresh weariness among leaders, yeah. especially here in the state we live in. I know that we're not the only yeah. state that's really struggling with the surge. Um, and, I, and, the, and the sentiment that I hear over and over again is, when is this thing going to let up? Yeah. And I, I had a pastor tell me, you know, a year ago, we were at 30% of our attendance. A few weeks ago, we were at 65%. And now yeah. we're back down to 40 Yeah. And right. And Jim, I, yeah. I just sense this thread of real discouragement and yeah. and uh, in leaders, and so I wanted us to to do something today that would hopefully help and encourage uh, leaders. Yeah, I agree. I, and and as a pastor, pastoring a local congregation, those numbers and that that feeling you're, you're not just talking. We're not talking to our audience. You're talking to me. So mm-hmm. so let, encourage me, John. On your market set, go. Okay, so uh, as I was processing that, I, I, I asked myself the, the following two questions, and I think these questions are very important for leaders to ask and answer uh, for themselves. And uh, so here's the first one. You know, in the, in the view of this pandemic that, that doesn't seem to want to let go, yeah. uh, here's the first question. What can I influence right. in the current environment? Yeah. You know, when I look at all the stuff swirling around me in the moment, it can be overwhelming and feel like I can't do anything. Well, that's not true. Right. Uh, ask yourself this question. What can I influence? Yeah. And I have several ideas about that. And I'd like to hear some maybe that you, you, you would think about. I, yeah. Here's one thing I can influence no matter what's going on in the world, that I bring the best version of myself to the table. Right. 
I have influence over that. I have a lot of influence over that. Right. Um, I, I, I have influence over trying to make the best informed decision possible. Now, you just said it earlier. I mean, there's conflicting information, right? Yeah. Um, and it's hard. Opinions. Everybody can find numbers to, to validate an opinion. I, I had an accountant tell me one time, I asked about statistics. He said, well, you know, figures lie and liars figure. <laughs> so numbers are not necessarily, they can paint whatever picture you want them to paint. Right. And so we're not saying you can influence making the perfect decision. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. just making the best decision you, you can with the information you have. Here's another thing I think we can influence. We have total influence over that's speaking the truth and love. Yeah. yeah. We can do that. Even when people aren't doing that to us or giving us that favor, uh, we have total control over how we respond to people who may not be nice or maybe upset, or maybe want you to speak to something that really as a pastor, you really shouldn't right. speak to. I think a lot of pastors have been egged on by, by people in their congregation to, to state opinions, to take stands. Yeah. And I think it's ill-advised. I don't know. So those are a few things, Jim, what do you think? Um, yeah, I, I agree. I, I was taught a long time ago that my response is my responsibility before God, that everybody has responsibility for their response to whatever. And I, I, I agree. I think in the hope of getting somebody to say, man, someone to agree with me, we, we take a polarized view and we preach to the choir. And now Jesus and, and Fox News are preached from the pulpit or Jesus and CNN or CNN, you know, MSNBC or whatever it is. I, I, we are, I, we've been saying this all throughout this, this as a staff, that if we, if we focus on Jesus and we make him the priority, Jesus will always find a way through this to right. unity, to fruitfulness, to prosperity, to effectiveness. And if we take our eyes off of Jesus and put on any lesser thing, any lesser cause, any lesser, you know what I mean? Um, then they will always find a way to mess it up. <laughs> there will always be a way to mess it up. There's only one way to succeed. And that's, and, and I think that's sincerely trying to follow Jesus, not perfectly following Jesus. So I, right. we looked at the data, we listened to our people, we said a prayer, we got peace when we came to this conclusion, and this is what our church will be doing to respond to this most recent surge or crises or the lack of it. And, um, and, and, and then you just look everybody in the eye and say, I'm sorry, you feel that way. You yeah. know, we, please pray for us as we make these difficult decisions and then they slam the door and leave and talk about you on social media. Well, but see, you can't, that's out. That's the second question we're going to talk about in a minute. Right. Yeah. I, I can't, I have zero influence over how people respond. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe 1%, right. How they <laughs> respond to me. If yeah. I, if I handle myself well, that might, yeah. that might tip the scale a little bit, you know, you know, Jim, I, I feel that when we live in the circle, you can think about it as a circle, right? And in the middle of that circle is the, is the word influence. Mm -hmm. When we live more in that circle, I think we can have more peace yeah. and joy as a leader, even in the middle of crazy. Yeah. You know, so, so I, I would encourage if you're listening today and you're feeling discouraged because of all the things that have been going on, uh, with the pandemic and the political uh, uh, problems and, and, and tension, the racial tension, all of that, um, work on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Work, on, work on your walk with God. Take yeah. care of your body. Uh, maintain yeah. good pace. You know, uh, make sure there's margin in yeah. your 
in your, your calendar, lead with wisdom, lead with integrity as best as you can and trust that God, you know, trust God with the outcomes. Yeah. You'll have, you'll have more peace if you ask and answer the question, yeah. what can I influence here and try to live in that more yeah. than you are currently. Yeah. I, I think, I think to the things that two years ago we measured to decide whether or not we were successful had to do with attendance programs, small right. groups, number of chairs, number of square feet, number of, of dollars. And we looked at all that as a, as an unofficial non-biblical, you know, formula and decided whether or not we were getting an A or a B or better than the next guy or not as good as the next guy. And, and I, I think that God has blown that model. We talked about this already, but God's blown that model up. You, so what, what's neat is the fire does test whether or not it was made out of, you know, hay and straw and wood or, or gold and silver and gems. And I, I think that, that if we're still in this fight with the same heart to serve people, to serve God, um, you know, it's just another level. It's just more heat, but more heat removes more impurities, right? That's correct. That's why our wedding rings don't turn our fingers green. It went through a terrible ordeal to remove all the impurities. And when they were gone, then all that oxidizes has been removed by that process. So I, one of the things I've learned, John, this last year is there's parts of me that don't look like Jesus yet. And there's parts of my people that don't look like Jesus yet. And when the parts of me that don't look like Jesus run into the parts of them that don't look like Jesus, that's when we have the problem. That's right. So the solution is not to win a debate. The solution is to be crucified with Christ. Right. And, and so the first one to the cross is going to win this thing. And that's so good. Uh, and that's, that's, I think and it's another thing I have control over, if you will, I can, I can influence that. I can influence yeah. how I frame what's going on. Um, and, and I, it's been helpful. My wife says, hey, does that look like Jesus? It's like, quit, quit meddling, you know, in my personal life. But it's a joke now. It's, it's does that look yeah. like Jesus? And it's not, it's not WWJD bracelets. It's, it's for real. I, there's parts of me that are so afraid or so angry or so insecure. And when they run into other parts of people that are so angry and so afraid and so insecure, what happens, especially what happens publicly, is, is a real tragedy. It's a real tragedy for people to have to, to watch what uh, a, a debate where one brother, you know, uses the word to sword fight another brother while Satan giggles, eating popcorn, watching it, you know? Yeah. And, you know, we had Brian Pruitt on uh, for the last two pods. Yeah. And, you know, we talked through that quite a bit. I, I thought it was interesting that Brian said uh, there's two pieces to healing wounds. Yeah. And that's to love in small ways. And secondly, to forgive. Yeah. And, yeah. and those are, those are under our control too. Right. So, yeah. so it's, I, I think, Jim, that one of the most useful and helpful things right now for a leader is to ask himself this question or herself this question, what can I influence? Yeah. And try to live in that as much as you can. Um, yeah. And now here's the second question that they need to ask themselves. Right. Is what's outside of my yeah. influence or control? Yeah. You know, what in the middle of all the crazy <laughs> do I have absolutely zero control over uh, one is, one is the, That's the problem that's a huge answer you, you know what i'm saying that is not only do i not have control over a microscopic virus i don't have control over opinions and social media and politics and you know what's true what's not true what's true today that won't be true tomorrow like there's so much that is that is contributing to the weight of this season and i have no control and i remember i used to be a, a police officer so that right. I, I mean i I, I got a phrase later on that taught me why I was destroying all these other relationships in my life is because 
when I wasn't in control, I felt like I was in danger. And so yeah. I used a bunch of things, anger or harsh words or, you know, I'm puffing out of the chest. Uh, you know what I mean? That I, I was the peacock while all the feathers came up because I had to, if I'm not in control, I'm in danger. Well, I've been in control of a lot of things that, that I didn't have to control because they were fine a year ago. And it is, it is exhausting to try to be God. I heard somebody say the other day, the biggest difference between you and God is he's not trying to be you. Yeah. You know, you're trying to be him and it just doesn't work that way. So I think we just have to be, you know, frank about this and say, look, yeah. we have zero control over what this virus does. I mean, I, I mean, I, I suppose we can do our part to be safe and we should sure. um, yeah. uh, for sure. But in terms of slowing it down on a large level, yeah. I mean, it's it's out of our hands. Right. And and so uh, that's where I take that and I say, God, please have mercy on our country. Please have mercy on us, you know, stop the plague. And, you know, the Bible gives us plenty of examples where there was plague happening and God's people cried out in humility to him and it stopped it. You know, they repented and and, and cried out to him. And so um, that's one thing we don't have any control over. We've already talked about this a little bit, but we don't have control over the response of people. And I want to drill into that just a little bit, Jim. We we have no control over what they think about us, really. I mean, maybe we have a little, you know, I'm not saying if you're acting badly, that doesn't influence how people think about you. But if you're doing your very best to follow Jesus, to to be more like him and less like your old man, your old self, I mean, um, what they think about you, you, you really have very little control over that. You have very little, con- you have, I think you have no control over what they say about you yeah. Yeah. or your leadership. Um, you have no control over their attitude. You have no control over whether they stay in your church or leave your church. Yeah. And, 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 you know, Jim, it's very interesting to me that, that almost every pastor who is a client of ours, um, and I want to say this as a matter of encouragement, who's lost like a longtime family or a longtime people they thought were on board. Um, here's one of the beautiful things that's happening. They've added two or three new families yeah. in the place of that person. That's happening. Yeah. And it's, it's, it, that's very encouraging to me. Yeah. But, but Jim, here's what I think happens. You know, uh, you talked about when you felt out of control, you felt you were in danger. Yeah. I think that's true, not just for policemen or soldiers. I think that's the human condition that when we feel out of control, there is that fear. There is that sense of maybe anger or we, we we react, but here's what I've noticed about myself. And I'm just going to fess up. um, And, and, and many other leaders is that we live in this second circle way longer, way too much than we should. And here's the problem with it. That, that larger circle of, you know, this, this is out of my control. That's where anxiety lives. That's where depression, right? That's where exhaustion lives. And my fear is that with all of the external pressure, Jim, that's been on leaders, that they have been pushed into this second circle and it is creating a lot of problems for them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think again, if, if the mindset is I'm not safe around you and you are the people I've been called by God to serve, 
then we have we have a variety of problems, don't we? Now yeah. I'm defensive. Now I'm not I'm not uh, insulated. I'm isolated. You sh- we should be insulated from you know the squeaky wheels that they're just trying to hurt people. Right. It's easier just to kind of isolate yourself because everybody appears to be a squeaky wheel when you're hurt or exhausted or afraid. And and I think that's where that final the final dose of hopelessness comes in where you say, well, I I cannot envision a tomorrow that has any less pain or any more peace in it than today. And so I, I must be the problem. I mean, in fact, people would be better off if I wasn't here in their life as a pastor, as a husband, or, and and we start to rationalize how us exiting relationship is actually a good thing. And it just isn't, it's just, there's, there's a difference between quitting and finishing and uh, obedience is often that, that element that helps us to finish, to finish our race, to keep the faith, to fight the good fight, like Paul said, versus I quit because I I didn't know what to do next. And I couldn't envision a tomorrow that had any more peace or any less pain in it. So I I think maybe that's a good place to start thinking about wrapping it up here, John, is is say say you're talking to somebody right now that's on that that edge. Because I I think a lot of our people, and everybody is, some people are prospering and thriving, but that, that almost makes it harder to be the other side of that coin. It isn't. So I, I'm working as hard as I know to work. I've never had so many complaints with so much division. I can't say anything from the pulpit without causing more pressure. Uh, people want to have meetings with me so they can complain. Uh, I read stuff on social media that I know they're talking about me and the church, the decisions I've made, and I just can't take it anymore. How do you, how do you continue to stay in that fight? Yeah, well, um, you're not going to stay in that fight by yourself. Mm-hmm. Let me say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to need, you, you need, you need a relational network. Yeah. to help you that's comprised of friends that's comprised of mentors coaches and sometimes even counselors yeah. uh, to help you through that I, so i would say that is one big important piece of staying in the game here's the yeah. second piece jim is is I, I wish every one of us would get this you're not going to get everything right as yeah. a as a leader right. ever yeah. but especially during a pandemic and that's okay yeah that's okay. Um, keep your eyes trained on what you can influence. Yeah. Thank God for those who are still on board. I think we lose sight of that sometimes too. Yeah, right, right. right. We mourn what's gone and we don't celebrate what it, what is. That's right. And trust God for those things that are totally out of your control. And that's what I would say, uh, just to work on maybe two or three of those things. And I think it will give you the strength to soldier on. Yeah. Uh, and uh, get to the other side of some of this stuff. Yeah. I know the people that are in the huddles, the people that are in the small groups that you lead and others lead, they, they get to know each other. I know that people can call you with no obligation, no cost, and have a half hour conversation to talk about some of these things. I know that ministers have friends that are other ministers and leaders have other friends that are, that are other leaders. And maybe it's just that first step of humility where I'm, if I were to be honest, I'm saying I'm hurting. And yeah. And then it's, it's wonderful how God brings people into your life that have been through what you've been through, or, you know, don't find the person that's equally depressed, find, find somebody who has been through and knows the way out. And um, if we were to make that phone call to you, John, or to, to speak with somebody at Converge, what's the best way to do that? Jim, it's really simple. I just go to our website, convergecoach.com, and you click the contact us link and fill out a little form that comes to us. And that, that, uh, is a, that gives you entry into a 30 minute free phone call with us. No obligation. If we feel like we can't help you, we'll refer you to somebody else. If we think we can help you, we'll offer, you know, what our service to you. 
But yeah. I'll tell you what, sometimes just what some guys need or gals need is just a 30 minute call. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. sometimes that's a, that, that gets them moving in a good direction again. So that, yeah. that would be the way to do it. I love that. Cause I, I know there's a, you know, there's, this is both your life and your living and there's a business yeah. to end all the things that we do, but I love that if anyone would ever question the heart behind it, that 30 minutes for free should answer every question. You're not in this for the money and the fame. You're here to help people. And I, I would imagine a lot of those 30-minute phone calls never become anything else besides a, a 30-minute phone call that helps somebody, directed somebody. And John, for that, um, as a listener, as a friend, thank you for, for being a mentor. Thank you for being a coach. Thank you for being a comforter. Uh, thank you for patting people on the back and kicking them in the seat of the pants, depending on what, what you see the need as, because wisdom, wisdom is so important in this day. Wisdom knows that everything that has a beginning has an end, and we're going to make it through it if we hold on. Right. And the principles of truth never fade in spite of circumstances, and you need that, that second affirming, sometimes fatherly, sometimes brotherly voice in your life. So thank you for being that and being that for so many years to so many people. It's my pleasure. So, Hope that you guys have enjoyed this today. I have. I've been really on the receiving end. I, I was I was not the doctor, but the patient on this one. And so your words have encouraged me as I know they've encouraged others. And uh, we hope that you will continue just to put your nose to the grindstone. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Um, get that network of friends and support. If we can help or serve in any way, feel free to always, always, always contact us. And we're right there. So God bless you. In the meantime, I just keep going at it as you continue to lead from the line. 